Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. It's Friday, December 15th, 2023. Episode number 248 is here. Halfway through December already. Pretty soon it will be Christmas before you know it. I hope everybody's done with their Christmas shopping because Lord knows I'm not even close. Thank you to Haley for that introduction. She does it each and every week. Actually, it's recorded, and I kind of slide it in there each and every week, but thank you to Haley for the introduction. Last weekend, I went to the Arena Cross up in Madison, Wisconsin with my buddy CJ. It was his first time ever going to an Arena Cross, and I really just wanted to go up there and be seen because that is a series that I would love to announce uh, right now. Wes Kane is the announcer. I would love to get in there because it's a long series, and it would definitely be something uh, fun for me to do in the off-season the, the off flat track season uh, in between, you know, each year. It'd be fun to get my hands on some more arena cross. 83 days until Daytona. 83, that's it. Daytona will be here before you know it. I did look up the number 83. Only 16 people in the, the, the history of national numbers have held number 83. And the last person to hold number 83 was way back in 2002. It was Paul Morgan. And actually raced against Paul Morgan a little bit. So pretty cool. I love the history of the national number. Uh, for more on that, amanationalnumber.com. You can follow him on Facebook as well. Just checking out some of the things that came out since the last time we talked. RPM added a new race in Champaign, Illinois. It's a half mile, April the 6th. So that makes their schedule now up to 19. There will be 15 half miles three three-eighths miles and one short track on the RPM schedules. That's 19 races. So uh, don't be surprised if you don't see several uh, AFT racers over there running the RPM races and, you know, making a paycheck. You know, you got to, especially if the number of AFT races has gone down a couple of races. You know, these other other guys, you got to go find some money somewhere. If you want to be a true professional motorcycle racer, make money where you can. In the news, December 13th, so two days ago, uh, the AFT rules, uh, they kind of highlighted a few rules with some red notes, and I'll just kind of skim over some of the highlights, but one of the first ones that popped up was the restart procedure. Sounds like the zigzag pattern will still apply, but it won't stop after going six back and then go back to the inside and then six back and then to the outside. It sounds like it's going to go where there is room. So they either start on the outside or the inside and go back until they can't go back anymore and then start going the other direction. So I think with the six and six, it was just a whole lot of zigzagging. I think this is to make it more where, you know, maybe you can put eight in one row before you start zigging the other way, you know. So nothing big on that, in my opinion. Uh, the Rookie of the Year, this one's new. There, you know, The Rookie of the Year, a few years back, switched to the singles class. So that was allowing somebody that was coming up through the amateur ranks who first turned pro to get Rookie of the Year. Now it looks like there'll be a Rookie of the Year in each of the AFT National Championship classes. So looks like they'll have two Rookie of the Years next year. I like that a lot. Weight Limits, AFT Super Twins Production bikes minimum will be 310 pounds it didn't say what it was before there was nothing uh, a line through it or anything like that so the minimum for production-based motorcycles 310 pounds the aft super twins race bikes did stay at 320 minimum pounds the next one i saw was getting a little controversy on the uh on the social medias you know right after this post came out but the numbers 
And what I did notice, what maybe some of the other people didn't notice, is it's for super twins. It doesn't even say anything about singles, but I think all the hoopla was about singles and their front number plates. But in the super twins class, all numbers must be solid and have no outlining and cannot overlap each other, and they must be black. So here's my opinion on this. It's good for the non-nationals to have these black number plates, uh, easy to read, not overlapping, and in black, like I said, in black, because they still hand score at a lot of non-nationals. Well, at AFT, just like at any of the other top-level racing you know, series, they're using transponders for everything. There's no, there's not even any hand backup scoring going on anywhere. So I, I, I liked, you know, this actually was Michael Locke's idea, which actually might've come from somebody else, but, uh, trying to brand these riders, you know, like Valentino Rossi had that certain font, the 46, um, the colors of their numbers match their leathers and, and, now they're trying to go back to where they're all black. I mean, it's okay. I get it. It's definitely easier for the fans to read when they're black. I know there's some numbers that I even have troubles reading at the non-nationals. So I, I do get it. I do see both sides. But, you know, the the numbers were letting these riders have a little bit of freedom to express themselves. I, I think, I, you know, I, I see both points. I guess, you know, you're trying to brand these riders, but at the same time, you want to see that number. You want every fan out there to see that number and know who, who you're looking for or where their favorite rider is. So I, I guess I do see both sides of it. More on the numbers. The number plate cannot be louvered or perforated. The designated area must remain smooth and legible and display the series and or class logo on it. So nothing really new there. Just keep it smooth. And again, no perforating. It has to be flat. And you can't louver it, so you can't use it like a spoiler or anything like that. The side number plates must be black, just like the front number plate. The next little segment on the rules being continued on, uh, rider apparel. And the next little note was helmets. So in the USA, they must conform to Snell M2005 or M2020D or M2020R. If you're from the United Nations, you must have a approval of ECE 22.06, and all helmets must be manufactured after January 1st of 2017. So that's six years old. If you've been wearing a helmet six years and you haven't replaced it, shame on you. I think, you know, you need to stay safe. So I think you need something, you know, newer than that. If you can't afford it, I get it. If you've crashed in a helmet, get rid of it, get something new. But, you know, the helmet technology gets better and better every year. Six years is a pretty big window. So I'm okay with it. I just wish it was a little bit closer, you know, maybe four years, maybe, you know, five years. I don't know. Six years is a long time if we we're starting the 2024 season. The next one was engine displacement. Liquid-cooled race engines may not exceed 800 cc's. It was 900 cc's. So basically, the KTM 890 is no bueno any longer. The next highlight of the rules Intakes, manifolds, fuel injections, and restrictions is the category. Race engines will be required to utilize AMA Pro Racing issued intake restriction with a circular ID inside diameter of 34 millimeter at all events. That's new. It was at the half miles and miles. Now it's a 34 millimeter at all events. And the last little one on the, uh, the new rules were for the AFT singles class clutch aftermarket modified or stock type clutches with back torque limiting capabilities are mandatory 
at all half mile and miles. I think it's a good thing. I think, you know, these teams, when they start using them, they're not going to take those slipper clutches out for the for the short tracks or the TTs. I don't think they're slowing them down. I don't think there are any, you know, I don't think there's any restrictions in them. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not feeling it. Maybe I'm not seeing it. But uh, it is mandatory in the half mile miles to have a slipper clutch or modified stock clutch with back torque limiting capabilities on the AFT singles for 2024 for half miles and miles. And the last little thing was in the AFT singles class, items that may be replaced, radiator shrouds, side panels, and rear fenders with stock or aftermarket that replicate OE shape, dimensions, and mounting orientation of that model year. So nothing really big on that, but I just wanted to let you guys know what was out there for the 2024 season. Switching gears, I know we've talked a little bit about Silly Season. Uh, one thing I did read in between the lines, Big R Racing, uh, who's had a few different riders. They've got some really fast Hondas. I know Gage Smith rode them. I know Zabala's rode for them, and a couple other people have rode those Big R Hondas. But it kind of seemed like they're teaming up with Jared Lowe down there at the, uh, the Panhandle Clash and says next time up will be for... Corey Texter's race down there at the winter throwdown. So it kind of seems like Big R is teaming up with the Jet, Jared Lowe. Well, let's switch gears. The Panhandle Clash down in Pensacola, Florida. They were planning on racing four days on four different kinds of racetracks Thursday at the Equestrian Arena. 17 main events. I'm not going to give you all the results. I will give you the, the highlights of the big classes, and I'll mention you know how many classes were out there running, maybe who was in the classes. I'm not going to give you the full results for, but 450 Amateur Class, it was Walker Porter taking the win. Ethan Rosine was second. Aiden Savage was third. Lil' Jack Brooks was fourth, and Skylar Sin was fifth. 250 amateur class. Little Jack Brooks was the winner. Braxton Reagan, a third generation flat tracker, was second. Brody Hansen, that's the flying flea. He's also a third generation racer, if I'm not mistaken. Cody Mishy was up there fourth, and Bay Nance was fifth. Open amateur. Walker Porter with the win. Ethan Rosine was second. Carson King was third. Little Jack Brooks is fourth, and Cody Mishy from Ohio was fifth. 65cc class. It was Wesley Settle taking the win. Odin Music was second, and Jaden Nickens was third. The Pro Hooligans is what it was listed as. It was basically Grand National Hooligan Championship Series. There were 13 total bikes entered at the uh, indoor little uh, pavilion area. Sean Raggio took the win. Super Dave Kilkenny was second. DJ Slosser was third. Robert Lewis was fourth. And Joe Houston was fifth. The Pro-Am class. This one's a little bit of a surprise for me. 14-year-old Walker Porter took the win. Sammy Halbert was second. Skylar Sintel was third. In the Open Pro class, there was eight riders in that one. Trent Lowe was the winner. Sammy Halbert was second. Dalton Gautier was third. Justin Anselmi was fourth. And Morgan Mishler was fifth. In the Pro Singles class, it was Trent Lowe taking the win. Sammy Halbert second. Morgan Mishler was third. Justin Anselmi was fourth. And Jared Lowe was fifth. That sounded like there was a little bit of rubbing and racing and some hard feelings in, in one of the pro classes. I think it was the pro singles class, but according to social media, everybody kind of kissed and made up. I don't know if they really kissed, but they shook hands and things appear to be okay. Also that night, there were two super minis. There were four 50cc modifieds, four amateur quads, four 85ccs, four mad dogs, four in the 50 plus class, three in the 60 plus class, five pro quads, and 16 600cc little sprints. 
Friday. They moved on over to the Pensacola Dirt Track. It's a .146 mile, so basically a quarter mile. There are 15 main events, 65cc class, I believe is what it was. It was hard to read that uh, the the result pages I got on that one, but Wesley Settle was the winner. Jade Nickens was second. Jackson LeBlanc was third. Gavin Blackwood was fourth, and Odin Music was fifth. Open amateur class, Walker Porter wins another one. Carson King was second. Ethan Rosine was third. Little Jack Brooks was fourth, and Cody Mishy was fifth. Fourteen riders were in that main event. 450 amateur class, again, Walker Porter taking the win. Skylar Sintel was second. Carson King was third. Ethan Rosine was fourth. And Jack the Ripper, Jack Brooks, was fifth. In the pro hooligan class, which is your Grand National Hooligan Championship Series, I believe this is where the big crash was. Um, eight, eight riders finished. 14 riders were listed on the sheet. Sean Raggio took the win. Uh, Jeremy DeRyder was second. Robert Lewis was third. Josh Young was fourth. And Daniel Poole who was a pro not that long ago. He ends up in the fifth spot. There was a bunch of carnage on the uh, front straightaway going into turn number one. I heard somebody went up the inside, clipped a handlebar. It collected the uh, second-place rider, was the leader, and then several other riders were included in that wreck. So I'm, I'm assuming it happened at this one. In the 50cc class, Ella Nickens took the win. Jackson LeBlanc was second, and Odin Music was third. In the 250 amateur class, Jack Brooks was your winner. Cody Mishy was second. Brody Hanson, the Flying Flea, was third. Braxton Reagan was fourth. And Evan Myers was fifth. Pro-Am, Walker Porter was the winner. Trevor Bruner was second. Didn't say his name. He did not ride on Thursday night at the uh, little indoor, but he was second here in the Pro-Am. Aiden Savage was third. Skylar Sinto was fourth. And Dylan Veter was fifth. In your open pro class, Sammy Halbert taking the win. Aiden Roos Evans was second. Trent Lowe was third. Trevor Bruno was fourth. And Dalton Gauthier was fifth. 13 riders finished. 16 riders were on the entry sheet. There was also uh, the pro singles class. Trent Lowe took the win. Aiden Roos Evans was second. Sammy Halbert was third. Chase Sadoff was fourth. Trevor Bruno was fifth. 14 riders finished that one. 16 riders were on the start sheet of that one. There was also five pro quads, three in the 60-plus class, four 85cc riders, five amateur quads, four in the 50-plus class, and four in the amateur quads. Day number three of the Panhandle Clash. This one, they move on over to the Southern Raceway, which is a .37 mile course, so basically a 3 8 mile racetrack. 65cc class, Jaden Nickens was the winner. Wesley Settle was second. Jackson LeBlanc was third, Odin Music fourth, Gavin Blackwood rounding out your top five. In the 60-plus class, Charlie Roberts was the winner, Marcus Ricketts was second, and Dwayne Stanick was third. Open amateur class, Walker Porter taking the win, Carson King was second, Ethan Rosine was third, Jack Brooks was fourth, and Cody Mishy was fifth. Fourteen riders were in that main event. 85cc combined with the Mad Dog class, Jackson Settle was your winner, Bay Nance was second, Jaden Nickens Wesley Settle and Gavin Blackwood rounding out your top five. 450 amateur class, Walker Porter was the winner. Skylar Sintel second. Aiden Savage was third. Carson King was fourth. And Dylan Durrell rounding out your top five. Nine riders made the main. Your pro hooligans, your Grand National Hooligan Championship Series. Sean Raggio goes three for three. Jeremy DeRyder was second. Robert Lewis was third. Josh Young was fourth. And Daniel Poole rounds out your top five. Only seven bikes racing at day number three in the hooligan class. 250 amateur class, Jack Brooks, Cody Mishy, Braxton Reagan, Brody Hanson, Evan Myers, your top five. And the Pro-Am class, Walker Porter gets the win over Trevor Bruner. 
Aiden Savage, Skylar Sintel, and Dylan Veter. Six riders finished. There were nine on the entry list. In the Open Pro class, Trevor Bruner taking the win. Trent Lowe was second. Chase Sadoff was third. Tyler Raggio fourth. And Hayden Gillum, first time I said his name, he was fifth in the Open Pro class. Eight riders did finish that race. In the Pro Singles class, Trevor Bruner was the winner, Trent Lowe was second, Chase Sadoff was third, Tyler Raggio fourth, and Landon Smith, first time I said his name, was in the last day, and it was fifth in the pro singles class. Ten riders did finish that class. There was also a 50cc modified class, a 30-plus class, and an amateur quad class. And at the end of the night, looking at the infield of the racetrack, it was still muddy. They had rain all week long. Uh, Robbie Bobby did an excellent job making sure these riders had a place to race. Uh, but they looked at the infield. It was really muddy. They thought about running on the same racetrack after they finished Saturday's race is what I was told, and they put it up to a vote. All the racers decided to go ahead and pay off the championships according to the three days instead of four days. So Sunday's race uh, for the TT was canceled. So looking at the Panhandle Clash World Finals, and the champions are... and. Let me say this. They got some really cool championship belts, like wrestling belts. 450 amateur class, Walker Porter from Alabama. Open amateur class, Walker Porter, Alabama. 250 amateur class, it was Jack Brooks from Wisconsin. The Pro Hooligan slash Grand National Hooligan Championship Series. Sean Raggio, originally from California, now lives in Georgia, was the champ. 50cc modified, that's Ella Nickens. That's John Nickens' little girl. She is from Virginia. Pro-Am, Walker Porter, again from Alabama, nine races, nine wins, three championships. Congrats to Walker Porter. 65cc class, Wesley Settle from Illinois was the winner. The 50-plus class and Masters 60-plus class, Marcus Ricketts. I don't have where he is from. He ends up winning both of those classes and gets two belts. 85cc class goes to Jackson Settle. Jackson is from Illinois. 50cc class, it is Ella Nickens, little girl getting the win. The 50cc class, she's from Virginia. Open pro and pro singles, both Trent Lowe from Indiana. So wanted to give you guys where these riders were from that won the championship belts. Congratulations to all the champions. I uh, wished I was down there. I do like this race. I like how Robbie does it at four different tracks. He's already talking about maybe only doing two different tracks next year and maybe eliminate some of these classes so things will go a little bit quicker. I just want to say thank you to Katie Brooks for all the results. She was uh, emailing them to me on Saturday night and let me know what was going on, and then also just uh, sent over the championship overall class champions here just recently so I could have this for you folks here on the podcast. And a big shout-out to Brian Carmack for the pick that I'm using here on the podcast. You can check him out online at bmacvisuals.com or bmac.visuals on Instagram and on social media. So thanks to Brian for the picture, and thanks, Katie, for all of the results. Let's shift gears for the upcoming races. Just recently announced December 30th, DuCoin Indoor Short Track and TT. Practice 6 to, p- 6 to 9 p.m. on Friday night. This is a one-day event this year. Uh, Steve told me on the phone that a lot of people don't stick around for day number two. It cost him a lot of money to rent this facility. And uh, a big shout out to JD Beach and American Super Camp to make sure this race is going to happen. But big race days on Saturday get started early in the morning. Short track and TT at the indoor at DeCoin. That is December the 30th. Again, one-day event. Also going on uh, January 11th through 13th, the winter throwdown down there 
in uh, Callahan, Florida, just outside Jacksonville. January 19th and 20th, the Battle at the Barn. That's a Coke syrup uh, indoor uh, short track. The Revenge Tour, the World Championship Ice Racing, first three dates, January 6th, January 13th, January 20th, two in Pennsylvania, one in Iowa right there. Uh, January 14th, 2024, Hell on Wheels, Glen Helen Truck Track TT Race. That sounds pretty interesting to me. That's going on in California. 217, Bloomington, that's Bloomington, Illinois Ice Race. That'll be round number four of the World Championship Ice Racing Tour. 216 and 217 next year, Santa Rosa, California, an indoor down there. 217 and 18, Lehigh Valley Motorcycle Expo, that's in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And 223-24, Flat Out Friday in Milwaukee. So that's just some of the upcoming races. And I'll try to keep you guys posted what's going on with all those and try to have some results for you as well. That's pretty much all I got right here on the podcast. Again, not a lot of racing going on. Not a lot of announcements other than the rules I went over for AFT, but a big shout out, a big thank you to Jim and Pat. Big thanks to the patrons for helping me with this podcast. A big thank you to Tim at Pro Plates for all my stickers, my number plates, and to all my listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Smash that like button. Tell all your friends about the podcast, and we'll talk to you next time right here on Off The Groove.